Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hope everybody's doing well today. I want to welcome everybody to the Unimpressed Podcast. And our guest today is famous saxophonist, Mr. Mark Rivera. And I want to welcome him to the show. He's calling in from New York. I think you said Brewster, New York. That's correct, John. Brewster, New York. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, we had a little technical issue before, and I think we've got it. We've got it fixed now. We're loud and clear. And and we were talking about tone, right? And we were diving into tone and, and how that is looked at in music. And when you hear artists, right, and you being a professional artist, when you hear, say, an artist that's wanting to come up, Mm-hmm. And obviously, you being around the game and the sound of music for such a long time, can you tell the difference of between artists that has it and one that doesn't has it? And how do you get over that hump to have it? I've always felt that you either have a good sense of tone or a good sense of melody. You either have a good ear and you can dance or you're not able to do either. You can't teach somebody to sing in tune or to dance in step. Um, you could learn uh, by taking lessons regarding uh, diaphragm and all that stuff. But tone is the first thing. M- Miles Davis said if you could play one note with a good sound, you could all the rest of it just falls in place. It's not the number of notes that you play. It's the tone that you create and the uh, the passion that's behind that tone. So that's pretty much what's important. Uh, there are a lot of young people, I mean, without sounding too judgmental, a lot of people think that uh, you have a computer, you're a programmer or you're a producer, you bought a camera and now you're a photographer. You have to take the time to develop your sound and your personality. You know, the idea of auto-tuning, the idea of, you know, punching in, there was a time when there was only one microphone with 12 musicians in a room and you had to have your thing together. You couldn't just fake it. There was no room for faking uh, a performance. A mm-hmm. guy like uh, Stevie Wonder or Marvin Gaye or all the, all the great R&B acts that I love, the Four Tops, uh, Levi Stubbs, um, they were they were giants. They sang from start to finish. That was the, the beauty of their, of their ability. But tone is the first thing you hear. Same thing in my voice. I mean, I guess I'm kind of confident I'm doing this for 50 years. If I'm not by this time, I should really think about doing something else with the rest of my life. And you said you started this journey. Your mom is Puerto Rican and you're... No, my, my dad was Puerto Rican. My mom oh. was Italian. And uh, my uncle Vinny, the Italian half, Vinny Crocco, he uh, worked as a longshoreman in, in Red Hook, Brooklyn. And uh, a saxophone, lo and behold, fell out the back of a truck and he picked it up and my father was able to afford a saxophone for 50 bucks as opposed to 350 bucks so that's what got me started i started playing the saxophone i just loved the tone of it because my uncle played in a in a wedding band and i'd go to see him play and i got i just loved the sound i loved the the tone that it they say the saxophone is the closest instrument to a human voice. And I kind of agree because it's very expressive. You could bend notes and it's like you have all this ability to to fluctuate the uh, the pitch. Mm -hmm. So um, have you ever, have you ever thought of music as vibrations? 
Everything's vibrations. Music, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean everything. I mean, what, what I'm speaking to you is a vibration in the microphone carrying it over. It's, you know, when I play on stage, because a lot of people use in-ears uh, mm-hmm. to, to help their ears, supposedly, but I can't use them because I play so damn loud. Um, you have to move air. And that air is physics. It's all all the vibrations. And for that matter, you talk about vibrations. Um, I say in the book that I wrote about the vibe, how people, mm-hmm. how they have a either either you have a good vibe, a good vibration, or you don't. Because um, you know you only play a couple of hours on stage, maybe a couple of more hours doing sound check. But then there's another twenty hours that you're either on a bus or in a hotel, and you have to be you have to have a personality that gets along. So that's another vibe. But it's mm-hmm. all vibrations. It's uh, you know without getting too cosmic, you throw a pebble in the, into a, a lake or a river or a pool, and the pebble makes these ripples, and these ripples inter- interact with others. And the more you leave the universe alone to, you know, let it let it do its thing, mm-hmm. the better you are. But tone and vibrations are, are, are the key to music. Where do you get that mindset from? You know, you oh. said something about limiting yourself. You don't want to talk about the cosmics. Tell me where you got that mindset from. I just believe in spirituality. I was raised Catholic. Uh, I've studied. I mean, I think I'm a decent Christian, but I, I also love Buddhism. I love uh, <laughs> I love anything that's got good spirit, anything that allows people to be themselves. Because mm-hmm. music is, is that kind of communicative thing. Like you talk about communication communication in itself you're on stage mm-hmm. with five guys the minute a drummer hits something or a bass player and drums are doing something that i respond to that in that mm-hmm. moment everything is instantaneous that's the beauty of music it's it's moving along you're not allowed to stop and say oh wait i want to go back to that measure no music that's already passed recording mm-hmm. you can do that but as far as live music you're in it and mm-hmm. that's all that's all being hip to what's going on around you if you eliminated unconscious bias mm-hmm. in music would music be better well, if you eliminated the unconscious bias, everything would be better. Exactly. <laughs> Reality, <laughs> think about it. If, yeah. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Or or subjectivity versus objectivity. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all subject in our own little world. It's just become so polarized as to people, what you believe and don't believe. I believe that everybody should be allowed to believe what they believe. I mean, people talk about spirit and religion. If all religions are right, we're all going to hell because I don't believe what this one believes, so I'm going to hell. And he Mm -hmm. doesn't believe what I believe, so he's going to hell. What I'm saying is Mm -hmm. acceptance. 
And that's part of the key being on stage. You accept the guy that you're playing with. Sometimes guys are better than others, but you play with your whole being. You just play the best you can. I mean, I've gotten some amazing gigs. The, the you know, the song Sledgehammer. I got that. I'm, that's my saxophone part on that. And that happened because I was playing some dive in Manhattan, uh, like 1980. And this guy heard me and he took my car. Maybe I'll call you. I said, okay, great. And I didn't think much about it. Uh, fast forward like five years and he's now, a uh, producer's representative. He's representing Dan Le- Daniel Lenoir, who was recording Peter Gabriel's new record at the record at the uh, power station. I got called down, and it's myself, Wayne Jackson from the Memphis Horns, and Peter Gabriel presses the talkback button and said, play the first thing that comes into your head. And I swear on my eyes, the first thing that came into my head was da-da-da-da-ba-da-da-ba-da. I trusted myself. I played it. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Nothing more, nothing less. Well, you could almost say, because I'm very spiritual, I'm a clairsentient. You ever heard of a clairsentient? No, I cannot say hey. So I, I pick up vibrations from everybody. Mm-hmm. And, I, and sometimes I can get into people's heads and things like that. So it's when you think about music, you know, you think about recognizing where to plug in or pl- pull out. Almost that's a intuitive thing, right? Almost like a, it's a spiritual thing in a way of like a fortune teller, in a mm-hmm. way, knowing what to do next. Is that what that is? Well, it's just being conscious. It's just being aware. I mean, yeah. when I say my prayers, they say just uh, I hope to have to be compassionate to to have, uh, you know the, the you know the um, the serenity prayer about you know being the ability to change what you can accept what you can't, but being smart enough to know the difference. And you mm-hmm. have to be able to, to, to make the, these judgments are always happening like in, in, in the moment. Uh, music music is not unlike any other part of life. And the vibrations are always there. It, I mean, it's just to me, it's just doesn't, it doesn't even I don't even have to think about it. Same way mm-hmm. I don't think about what I'm playing. I trust my ears and I trust my soul. I think when you're a lot of special artists, when you're able to get there, obviously that's going to re- that will, that sound will resonate mm-hmm. to humans in a certain way. And if you think about, I've been studying the 528 gigahertz sound. What do you think about that? Have you heard of 528 gigahertz? No, uh, 520 megahertz. I mean, is that just a, a, a particular tone? Is that C? Uh, it's a 528. It's it's supposed to be, you know, the sound of the universe. Okay, because right? there's like a thing it. called a love toner that's got this thing. I think, it's a, I think it's a concert C because A440 is A, so it's a couple of pitches up. It's probably five. It's probably the tone that the earth runs at. It's mm-hmm. probably the hum that, that the earth is going at. So, I mean, it is like a, if there's one sound that connects it all, that I, I don't doubt it. I'd be surprised if there's not something uh, driving us all. And, well, there's uh, a, well, I was thinking, right, this 528 gigahertz, it's supposed to be a healing sound. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I was wondering, you know, if someone did an album, you know, that was completely 528 gigahertz, mm-hmm. the whole album, you know, people listen to this sound and this music, you know, if you look online or whatever to go to sleep, you know, to relax, to meditate. So obviously it's hitting something. Oh, I was yeah. just well, thinking to myself, could that translate to a mainstream sound, right? If someone tried to put a different type of music to it and it was still 528 gigahertz. I don't think anybody's well, ever well, done it. But Well, I, I don't think any. I don't, first of all, I don't know how many people would buy the record because you're going to have one to. Yeah. You know, are you hip to Tibetan bowls? Yes. 
Okay, well, I love those. I, I hit them. I have the uh, the the the, the um, there's a, a rosin and it, and it just says, yeah. it's just, and that that put that makes me very calm. Yeah, it just uh, but that's it, uh, that's what it does. I'm always a searcher. As we were in uh, Curacao uh, mm-hmm. last week, when you say that you know everybody's tied together and you're talking about music, doing research there. There's a couple of things that really stuck out to me. You're on a rock. You're on one of the densest minerals in the world, mm-hmm. right? And those, the ABC islands, Aruba, Curacao, and Bonaire, that is the only place in the world that the weather, they're not, a, the weather is the same all the time. Right. They're not affected by hurricanes. There's no predators on the island. And they're on the densest uh, mineral, one of the densest types of minerals in the world. So apply that to vibration. So if, if if you're on one of the densest parts and you get all these weird things happening, there's no predators, there's no bad weather, right? What is, is that the centerpiece of the world right there, right? Because if you get outside of that, then the, the minerals become less dense, which creates a different type of environment, right? Then those, those minerals create a different type of environment then we're trying to section it off say in states or we section it off in countries then we go to states and then we create these cultures of people do you think that is all tied together to some extent from the foundation up if we're talking about vibrations i mean that's a little bit out there no that's, not, that's but, how i think of things well the, the bottom line is people are either sensitive to or insensitive i mean I could meet someone and know that I, I'm connected to them in, in seconds. Uh, the idea of getting everyone to be on the same vibration. I mean, we can't even get people to, to agree upon. I mean, we're having trouble electing officials into into politics and into just mainstream day-to-day stuff. So, I mean, it would be beautiful if we could think of uh if the world could be more connected in the vibration, because that would be like the ultimate. I mean, there's so, if, if, if think about, I mean, it's going to be, there's going to be wars or there already are wars over water mm-hmm. and over, you know, there's only so much land and, and people, greed's always going to get in the way. And if you have vibrations, they're going to say at some point, well, what they say, all are equal, but some are more equal than others. So I just have trouble thinking, look, I, I have my own reasons to, to, to believe what I believe. And I, I work hard. To, to maintain them, and I don't. Uh, what's the word? Uh, not proselytize. But it's. Uh, I, I don't. That's an evangelical thing that I could say. Hey, my way is. I know this is right because I don't know for sure. I know it feels good to me. So it's it's hard to say. It's hard to say that the five twenty eight vibration is going to change the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be nice if it just be nice if we had something more. It'd be nice if we had more commonality. So I mean, it's good. I mean, that's good. I want to understand. I want to know that about about you, and you know, and I think that's a conversation that you probably haven't had a lot of seeing you and your lineage, your ancestral lineage, you probably have a very strong ancestral lineage mm-hmm. if you've ever tried to trace it back based on just the feel, just the vibe I'm getting from you. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yep. um, talking about this realm of thinking and other artists is when you're in that world with these grade A type artists, uh, are a lot of them similar in that thought great, process? The great ones are all similar. The similarity <clears throat> in particular, uh, Ringo Starr uh, is a very spiritual person. Billy is very connected. He's got 
a vibe. You know immediately that the man is a great musician. And that connectivity is something that um, it's undeniable. It's an mm-hmm. undeniable thing. Uh, there are guys who are great players, but they don't have the ability to, to, to share. Mm-hmm. And that's a fact. I mean, you could be, I was talking yesterday, I was doing an interview with uh, my friend Ken Dashell, and he said there could be amazing players or an amazing, excuse me, somebody who might be a musical director, like I'm Bringles musical director, but I go in there and I try to be confident without being arrogant. I try not to try to tell people I know better, but I was hired to do something. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been Ringo's musical director since 95, was that 28 years? So there's something to be said about how his trust in me and, and I, my ability to deliver for him. And that's, again, what I, I always say it's like we're playing catch. I throw you the ball, you catch it, and then you throw it back to me. So we're mm-hmm. connected. But the moment I throw you the ball and you don't throw it back to me, we're not playing catch anymore. Yeah. We're not, we're not connected anymore. And, and how did that relationship with Billy Joel start for you? Uh, I was with the band Foreigner in 1980 through 82, beginning of 82. And then um, Billy and the saxophonist Richie Canada were, were parting ways. And I'd already played with David Brown, who's been who had been uh, Billy's guitar player for like, probably eight years or so. And they wanted to replace somebody who could do a couple of things more than just play saxophone. So I played saxophone, keyboards, guitar, I sang percussion, and I played three songs. And the last song was Just The Way You Are. And Billy, at the end of the solo, stopped me, stopped the band. I said, oh, crap, I thought I screwed the song up. But he gave me a kiss. And he said, as long as you want to be in my band, you've got a place in it. And it's going, it's, it's on, it's every it's already 40 years that I've been with Billy. So nice. that's got to say something. And in between, I played it with other bands and had other, other opportunities. But um, we knew we were connected. This passion for the Beatles, you said mm-hmm. that's, that's something that started at an early age as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was 11 years old and I, my DTRS, my godmother, bought me the Beatles, Meet the Beatles album on February 9th, 1964. Uh, and I was unaware that there was a, uh, a performance on the Ed Sullivan show that night, uh, Ed's of uh, the Ed Sullivan show in 1964. I think there might've been a couple of thousand guitars and drums that were bought the week prior. The week after that, it exploded. There were hundreds of thousands, if not millions of records of, of instruments. Everybody wanted to be in a band. Those guys were so cool. I mean, just to see them on the show was fantastic to see mm-hmm. the camaraderie. What I, what I noticed most of all, when I looked at the back cover, well, these guys, they're cool. And they're like four guys. They might as well be like guys from my neighborhood or whatever the case might have been. And I, I emulated that. I wanted to I wanted to be a part of that. And that group of four people was far greater than the sum of the four were like just exponentially larger than anyone. That, or if there would have been 100 people, it wasn't it wouldn't have been those four people. And they created a change in our culture or the way everything from uh, the sounds that we listen to the, the dress, the, uh, the freedom that they, their early songs were so generally loving and uh, something you could really relate to. I always say a great songwriter writes a three minute snapshot of a person's life that they want to keep going back to. Cause when you hear the song, uh, Billy's Billy Joel song, I talk about this all the time. When we were going through COVID and all this time, that's when I wrote the book. The book was a, a memoir through the two years that I wasn't able to play music. And I realized that the, the time that we were going to get to go on to back to the garden, the one line that kept coming into my mind was when Billy says, cause you know that it's me they've been coming to see to forget about life for a while i'd like to forget that there were mass murders the last couple of days mm-hmm. i'd like to never even seen these things on television in fact uh it's just horrific and music allows me 
to enjoy that. I don't watch the news anymore. I mean, I watch certain things because you got to keep up with certain things. But does it hit you harder? When you see sometimes, you know, since I'm I'm, since I'm highly sensitive person. Right. Mm -hmm. And like if I watch a movie or whatever that that it hits harder for me, it's almost Mm -hmm. like I'm I'm in that reality. Right. Well, right. It's like times 10 compared to everybody well, else. Is I'll, that I'll what it feels what, like to you? When I see when I see people hurting people or murders going on, our youngest son was at Virginia Tech when 32 people were killed. He literally sat there in a, in a classroom and pointed this, the, he told the SWAT team where to get to. He was in an adjacent building and he heard every shot. So that has resonated with me uh, beyond any anything that I could say in words, whatever I see, whenever I see things like that happen, it's, uh, it's unconscionable. It's, uh, Mm -hmm. and I reflect back to him and I think of the pain that he'd been, he still goes through. It's not a pretty place, but you have to make the best of it as you can. Mm -hmm. And that's where your spirit comes in. And that's where your vibration and giving to other people. And that's what, that's to me, that's what uh, I call when I'm on stage, I call it my musical moat Mm -hmm. that no other emotions can penetrate that because I'm fixed with my group of people that I'm playing with. And you can't bother me about taxes or about um, anything that's wrong. It doesn't exist. It can't mm-hmm. exist because then I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be cognizant of the people around me. And that's the beauty, the spontaneity of, of music, in my opinion. Are you a positive thinker? A hundred percent. Because the reason I'm saying that, a lot of people don't realize the power of their mind. Mm-hmm. And if you were 11 years old and you started this journey, you started this journey with the Beatles. And then later in life, you end up working with, these guys you think that was a manifestation i don't know if i give myself that kind of credit but i sure <laughs> i sure as heck uh, believe that i i was driven i was driven in fact uh, throughout the book it says that i uh, you know i'd played with different bands and certain people thought i was a real son of a bitch for, for wanting to move on to other bands but i was going to be the best i could be i was going to play with other bands and I was going to move up a ladder or move up in my abilities because you don't get better. You know what they say? If you're the smartest person in the room, you got to get to another room to learn something. Mm -hmm. So that's how I felt. And um, I've always felt that I, I created, you know, I think it's the talent that you have. God gave his talent and we work with it. But um, you have to have the drive, the desire, you know, mm-hmm. desire and what you believe. You know, I always say that your limitations are only your imagination. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you imagine it, if you, you know, what do they say? You can do anything you think you can do and you can't do anything you believe you can't do. Mm-hmm. So there's your manifestation right there. I think I could do, I think I could continue to do some great things. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm doing this 50 years. I still think. Is it uh, a future ahead of me? Yeah, I mean, I went to I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I think this is a great topic talking about the combination of spirituality and music because I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and I looked at you know, obviously the the one of the biggest exhibits was the Beatles, uh, Janis Joplin, uh, right. and then yeah, I see see Jimi Hendrix thing photo behind you there and looking at he he had some they had some of the papers there him writing Mm -hmm. um, music and the the one about uh was it soul soul child what was the child's the child's voodoo child voodoo child Child. and i think he had something uh where it was originally started writing about jesus he was a voodoo child but the writing looked very cryptic you, you know what i'm saying it was just it was cryptic but 
it was contemporary for the time. In well, a he, way. He, he's one of the, to me, he's one of the most underrated lyricists. He had a great, one of my favorite songs is if six were nine. Uh-huh. And that says if the sun refused to shine, I don't mind. I don't mind. If all the hippies cut off all their hair, I don't care. That's not, in other words, fall mountains just don't fall on me. That was his great line. And that tells me, Hey, whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen. And I want to allow you to do your thing, but you have to allow me to do my thing. And just the sense if the six was a nine, if the, if the whole thing was upside down, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to try to, to undo it. I, I don't have the power to. First of all, it's almost impossible for me. Enjoy the conversation. I think we cracked, in, cracked into a conversation I don't think anybody's heard before. No, this is true. This has been saxophonist Mark Rivera, and I'm John Edmonds Cosma, the CEO of Bang Productions. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.